Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Will Devlin from Message Gears. It's really nice to have you on. Thank you, Brad, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, Will, tell me a bit about yourself. I'm based in Atlanta. I've been working here out of my basement for the past year, as many people have been doing in their jobs. I'm VP of marketing for a company called Message Gears, which is also here in Atlanta. I've been there for six and a half years now, and we are a customer marketing platform for large enterprise businesses. So we provide hmm. software for companies like Expedia, OpenTable, Home Depot, Chick-fil-A to send uh, email and mobile messages, to do customer segmentation, to be able to use their data at scale. And uh, we're a company of uh, about 65 people now. Nice. Um, based here in Atlanta. And uh, yeah, it's been a fun ride over the last six and a half years helping to build that. So. Yeah, that is fun. So tell me about the space you're in. So it sounds like, you know, you got these big brands, Fortune 500 companies and a lot of their mobile and promotional stuff, but tell me more about what that looks like. Yeah. So there's uh, the whole premise is the needs at scale for what we call consumer facing brands, right? B2C Mm -hmm. brands are rapidly evolving. And that's all based on how we as consumers, which we all are, expect things from from each other and from the companies we do business with. So we expect very personalized and relevant conversations and communications and experiences from the local barbershop. And we also expect that from Starbucks and Best Buy. And so those are challenges that the local barbershop has in giving those experiences, especially digitally, making it very convenient for customers to understand who they are and, and be interacting with them. But for a business, again, like an Expedia or uh, a T-Mobile, those are massive challenges. They've got millions and millions of customers and millions of touch points and data points that they have to get. And they also have to get right in real time, which is which is mm. extremely difficult. So the there's just a lot of data moving around and there's a lot of different ways that brands are, are interacting with their customers. And so that's what our software enables those brands to do. And that's our whole purpose. Totally. I love that. That's awesome. So obviously it's been a crazy year for everyone and there's been all sorts of implications in different industries. What does this past year look like for you guys in the space that you're in? It sounds weird to say that from a business standpoint, it was a good year for us, but it does make sense considering that we're a digital marketing provider. We provide digital marketing technology and There's been a huge shift, particularly at the enterprise level, in brands needing to invest more in digital and accelerate their investment in digital. So maybe they were already shifting dollars that way, but 2020 really put the foot on the gas a little bit harder. And so we were able to bring on new customers that were were looking to take advantage either, I need to adapt very quickly, I need to do that now, and you guys are the only ways to help us do that. Or there were some instances, like uh, OpenTable comes to mind, where their business was extremely hurt by 2020 uh, and COVID. Mm. I mean, if you're, there's no booking <laughs> restaurant reservations. Yeah. And 
they looked at it as, a, as an opportunity to, you're in the pit stop. Let's put fresh tires on this thing. Let's top it off. Let's do everything we can so when we get back out there, which we know we will, we'll be flying at top speed. And so I think there was a lot of, of that going on as well, which, which was all to our advantage. Our tech enables those brands to, the differentiator between us and, and traditional marketing clouds or, or campaign management solutions out there is that we allow them to tap into their data uh, directly instead of having to move hmm. their data around between systems. And so again, when you think about having to be fast as a marketer at that level, and if if you're a retailer having to then, instead of trying to drive traffic into stores, you're trying to drive them online or you're trying to say, okay, we're offering curbside pickup or something like that. That requires you to adapt very quickly. The last thing you need to worry about is it's going to take me a week to put data in my marketing cloud to be able to send data. And so I think the, the, we were beneficiaries of how we enable brands to access their tech or their data. It really helped um, them understand, okay, cool. I'm going to be able to move as fast as we need to in this environment. And so we had a, we had a really great year from growth. Yeah, that's standpoint. great. That's awesome. So what do you see for the year ahead? What kind of pivots have you made? What maybe initiatives do you have in play? Stuff you got for the year ahead as we come up here? Yeah, so we, we're continuing to see, obviously, COVID is not over. It feels like we're, there's a, a light that's visible at the end of the tunnel, but there's not going to be a snap of the fingers and everything's back to normal for a lot of industries and a lot of businesses. And so we have seen the acceleration and the continued investment in digital channels. And I think Best Buy is another example. I mentioned them a second ago where... In their last earnings, they talked about they're just going to be, they are focusing on digital first. And you know, underperforming stores may be shut, but digital will be, they're doing very well in that channel and, and as a business as a whole then. So we're continuing to see brands make investments there. And we're seeing brands make investments in modern data infrastructures. And, mm-hmm. and we are certainly well-suited to be taking advantage of that. So if you're a a big retailer or a travel brand or even financial services or something, you're moving your data to Redshift or Snowflake or Databricks or something like that. We are likely the perfect solution from a marketing standpoint for you. So that's that's got us in a prime position to continue to grow and we expect to do that. We've made investments internally on marketing and sales and product resources to to be able to handle that. Love it. That's awesome. So obviously you have a ton of experience in marketing and you've, I'm sure you've been there, seen it all. What are ways that you found like are, are effective you know, to build long-term relationships with customers, do marketing well, all that sort of thing? Yeah, there's, it's two, there's two sides of it. I've been on the brand side at an at a internet retailer, top 500 company before. So you messaging and emailing and, and marketing to millions of people. And you're, you've got the acquisition side where you're trying to get new attention. You've got the retention side where you're trying to keep people loyal and, and keep them up to date. And that's hard because you're dealing with such scale. Again, I don't know everybody. I, there's no way I can know tens of millions of people that are in the database, but you, you do try to, to utilize data to, to the best of your ability to make it feel like, the communications there are relevant. 
know, sometimes relevance doesn't equal personalization. And I think that they sometimes get used interchangeably, but I think they are two things that can work together, but relevance is, is more important in some ways. And using that data to, as I was learning marketing and coming up in my career, oh, this person lives in this area. This is likely what it's the weather's like. So we're going to push them to more indoor activities or, oh, they live near a store. We're going to push them to the store rather than online. Like it's little subtle things like that, that I think mm. when it's done, it's not necessarily noticeable, but it, it's uh, a great brand building uh, and relationship building mechanism. On the software side, it, I'm selling to those people or I'm marketing to those people in my role, but the scale is not there. I, I don't have tens of millions of prospects slash customers, but I do have hundreds and thousands of them. But I think it's it all comes down to humanizing everything, every interaction, not treating every interaction. Obviously, my goal as a marketer is to get new business into to message gears, to have more people understand who we are and but that doesn't mean that everybody's right for message gears. And that doesn't mean that all I, all I care about is having their, their company sign a contract and we're good. We, yeah. I did my job and hit my metrics. But I think it's, it's helpful to remember there's humans that we're selling to here. And it sounds so sim- simple and, and almost overly simplistic, but that's the, when I was on the retail side and even today, the businesses that I enjoy doing business with and will gladly continue to do business with are ones that treat me like Will and not like my customer number. And I think we try to enable prospects and customers alike on our side. How do you? What, what are your goals for your career, right? What do you want to be doing? And, and not only how message gears, the software can help you, but how can we help set you up and help you speak at a conference or help you get on a podcast or help you do something outside of this transactional relationship that further advances your career. And I've had businesses do that with me and put me on a customer advisory board or something like that and Hmm. make lifelong contacts and lifelong friends there. I think it all just comes down to treating everybody and remembering that everybody you're selling to is not a data point. It's a, it's a person. Love it. That's awesome. Hey, any last advice or key takeaways for everyone listening? I think it's helpful for me. Obviously, I think the human the humanization piece is important, and it's something that I've had to learn or maybe learn to appreciate over, over time. But I also think that it's important to know that marketers are expected to know everything and and are expected to have this just wealth of knowledge, just, and, and it's assumed that they know how to do everything from tactics to strategy to every execution, all that. And it's okay if you don't have that. I don't want to preach a fake it till you make it lifestyle, but I do think it's important that those expectations are always going to be there for marketers and it's okay not to know things. It's okay to build up a network of, of other marketers that you, you can talk to and reach out to and I found that very fulfilling and important for me because there's not, I can't really talk to my wife or anything about marketing tactics just because she understands that about as much as I understand. She's a tax expert, so I don't understand anything there. It it really just comes down to knowing that you're not going to know everything and doubling down on what you're good, good at. Nice. Love it. Hey, 
thanks for so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights here. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Brad. It was, it was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was awesome.